You are listening to the Mind Mental Health Podcast. We are a group of students at the University of North Texas Health Science Center who are passionate about mental health issues and fighting stigmas. The aim of this podcast is to educate our listeners on mental health and tell our experiences with honesty. We encourage you to consider only what feels best to you and to consult with your medical professional and or support team before doing anything that might jeopardize your physical, emotional, spiritual, or mental health. Some episodes may trigger an adverse reaction. If an episode is beginning to upset you, I advise that you please pause immediately and talk to your support team. With that being said, welcome to the Mind Mental Health Podcast. Let's dive in. Hi, everybody. I'm Kristen Kluber, and I am a second year at TCOM. And hello, everyone. My name is Kristen Falcon, and I'm also a second year at TCOM. And today we're going to be talking about a sensitive topic, addiction and substance abuse. So I want to start off by mentioning the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration's National Helpline. The number is 1-800-662-HELP, or 4357. It gives you treatment referrals and information for services. It's a free, confidential, 24-7 information service in English and Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental and or substance use disorders. This service provides referrals to local treatment facilities, support groups, and community-based organizations. Callers can also order free publications and other information Another good resource to use is their website, which is findtreatment.samhsa.gov. Now, what is addiction? Addiction is a complex condition, a brain disease that is manifested by compulsive substance use despite harmful consequence. People with addiction or severe substance use disorder have an intense focus on using a certain substance or substances such as alcohol or drugs to the point that it takes over their life. They keep using alcohol or a drug even when they know it will cause problems. Yet, a number of effective treatments are available and people can recover from the addiction and lead normal and productive lives. That is a definition as per the American Psychiatric Association. So what can cause addiction? There are actually a couple things. Genetics accounts for about 40 to 60% of a person's risk of addiction. There are also environmental factors such as an abusive home, a parent's drug use or attitude towards drugs, poor academic achievement, unemployment, incarceration, and other things. Mental health disorders can actually also lead to addiction or substance abuse. Addiction doesn't discriminate, and that's something to keep important. You know, it can affect all types of people from different backgrounds. Some people are just better at hiding it than others. Definitely. I, I feel there's like addiction can come and creep up at any point in your life as well. It can be young, old, uh, healthy, sick. Everyone is at risk to some degree of developing addictions. So like what kind of people, like what can people develop addictions to? Some of the things that people can develop, can develop addictions to are alcohol. Actually, over half of all American adults have family history of, of problem drinking or alcohol addiction. Alcohol is actually the third leading cause of preventable death in the United States. Another thing that people can develop addiction to is marijuana. Even though a lot of people say you can't be like chemically addicted to marijuana, there's still that physical dependence that some people can develop. You can also de- develop addictions to PCP, LSD, and other hallucinogens. Other things such as inhalants, such as paint dinners or glue and also opioid painkillers such as codeine, oxycodone, or heroin. 
Other things that you can develop addictions to are sedatives, hypnotics, and anxiolytics, which are medicines for anxiety, such as tranquilizers, cocaine, methamphetamines, or meth, and other stimulants, and tobacco and nicotine as well. Yeah, it's kind of crazy to think that like some of the things that people can become addicted to are so readily available to most of the population, you know, like alcohol and tobacco. And then even like from physicians can provide some of these that are potentially addictive, which is also a terrifying thought because we're here to help our patients. Especially with like the opioids, painkillers, like a lot of that is just everyday people who go into surgeries and they get hooked on their painkillers that they were initially using for the right reasons, one prescription or one pill too many, and they develop a addiction dependence towards it. Right. That's such a scary thought. It can, And like we said, it doesn't discriminate. So it can happen to anybody. So it's really important to be aware of these consequences if you are on medications like this. Dependence of any kind of addiction can cause quite a few physical problems, some of which are changes in body temperature, irregular heartbeats, changes in sleep patterns, brain damage even, and seizures. Drug addiction awareness and mental health are two matters that go hand in hand. Addiction often has underlying roots. It can stem from depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, and a variety of other different reasons. I know when we talked in our depression episode, we talked about coping mechanisms and a lot of coping mechanisms that people tend to lean towards are alcohol or tobacco and things like that. So depression and anxiety can absolutely lead to the use of some of these substances. Definitely. It's just like a very sad fact that's what's our reality at this point. And even in school, I know for my clinical integration class that we just did where we interview um standardized patients which are they're patients but they're scripted patients or they're not real patients and like some of the stuff that they come up and talk to us about it's like oh I've been coping with alcohol and so we are learning how to like treat that and how to like find better ways to cope with different things so that it doesn't lead to the dependence towards these substances but that's why it's such an important thing to spread drug drug addiction awareness and why uh, so many rehab centers actually offer a dual diagnosis treatment for co-occurring disorders. This treatment allows rehabs to address both mental health disorders and drug abuse. Dual diagnosis is a occurrence of both a substance use disorder and a mental health disorder at the same time. Mental health awareness is also vital and very important because it lets people know that they are more at risk of developing an addiction than other people. The World Health Organization says that around 20% of children in the world have a mental health disorder, and scientists believe that these children are more at risk of developing drug addictions than individuals who don't have a, a mental health disorder to begin with. Well, I did not recognize those statistics at all, but there are quite a few things that you can do to help. So one is to plan or participate in campus awareness events because about 11 million young adults between the ages of 18 and 25 had a substance use, alcohol use, or illicit drug use disorder in 2017. People can also volunteer with local organizations. And most importantly, um, be supportive and non-judgmental if you recognize addiction, abuse in yourself or others. Reach out to the right resources, some of which we spoke about at the beginning of this episode. And it's just important to know that like, Coming from a very non-judgmental background and stuff like that is very vital and important because people who are suffering from this and like are constantly feeling like they are being judged and so you have to make sure that like you are approaching it in a very non-judgmental way so that like 
you don't make people feel further depressed or further alienated. Yes, further alienated. And, you know, a ton of people in our society, in our life around us that like suffer or go through these uh, addictions that we don't even know that we may not be aware of because we're really good at hiding it. That's what I was thinking or what I was going to say as well. Like, as I said, it can affect so many different types of people in any stage of life. And some people are just really good at hiding it. So if you approach someone with a judgmental tone, then they're just going to do what they can to try to deny it or hide it even better because you're like, oh, no, someone noticed. Like, I'm going to deny it, first of all, and then do what I can to continue my addiction, but keep it more hidden. Yeah, because they don't want to feel like they're disappointing their love member, their loved ones and their family members. Um, but things that you could do is ask sensitive questions such as, how do you feel about your life these days? I've noticed you've been drinking more than usual. Or use the pronouns I or we, such as like, I feel frustrated or and sad when I can't talk to you after you've been drinking. And you can also have like a clear treatment plan ready to use, such as like, we found a good rehab program close to home and we want you to get outside help. And always like to stay calm and compassionate. Just like safe phrases such as like, I know this is hard and I'm here for you. And always seek the support from others. Like your brothers and sisters are here for you too. And we find a counselor who can help with all of us. My only thing about like some of the things I suggest to do is like, I would just make sure that like, if you do come to someone and have like a treatment plan and ready, don't just like ambush them, like approach it in a very like calm matter. Yeah, I feel like the show intervention is probably not you actually want to approach someone with addiction just because you're going to scare them or and I think also depends on like how severe the dependence issue or addiction is right like like you notice slipping I think it would be like hey I've noticed that like you've been doing this more often you know make it more of a friendlier conversation well if you see someone like constantly like you know showing up like where it's like very very severe then I think at that point like where is where you would could have someone sit someone down and say like hey like I found these programs I really think you should look into them right it's definitely a sensitive subject and you have to be very cautious of how you're approaching someone who you think might be um, affected or might be addicted to some substance since we're talking about do's and don'ts some don'ts are like we said making angry accusations it's best not to use the proton the pronoun you. And for example, you don't listen to me when you're drunk. And that's not really a great way to go about it. It's very accusatory. Don't make bargains that allow substance use to to continue. An example would be, you know, if you cut off your drinking by 7 p.m., I'll give you one more chance. Like ultimatums really, I feel like, are not beneficial. Again, don't be judgmental and please don't act outraged. And don't try to tackle the problem by yourself. Try to get some people involved, whether it's family or friends or even getting counselors. One of the suggestions that Christian said, do your research, find resources nearby and kind of have a list or treatment plan ready for when you do approach somebody. And I guess this is like something where I can like bring in a little personal antidote because like, you know, what, what she said, like don't handle this by yourself. That is very, very important. Though. If you're going to be approaching someone, it's definitely can become overwhelming. And I like something like I went through when I was like younger, one of my really close friends was dealing with a substance abuse disorder. And this was back in high school. So it's been over 10 years now or maybe not 10 years. So it's been, it was like seven years ago, but like one of my close friends was dealing with an abusive a substance abuse disorder and it started off with just like 
smoking weed and marijuana and then it led to pills and trying this and trying that and then they started doing like harder drugs like Xanax and bars and then they started then they ended up dropping out of high school and not finishing and then getting into heroin and dealing with a lot of tolerance issues and addictions and it just like led them towards this life and then they were constantly reaching out to me about this these issues and like I always felt isolated and alone it was just a lot for me to handle at that age and so like one thing that I wish I would have done is like reached out to other people and not become overwhelmed because like this person really needed help. And then they did end up going, getting help and going to rehab and getting, uh, uh, getting their degree and like living a better life afterwards. But like, it was just a lot for me to handle early on. It's just, it could become very overwhelming. So that's, that's like never something you'd want to put the load onto yourself. Like if you have other people and other resources, it, it will definitely help alleviate those and like actually will provide more help for that person. Right. Thank you for sharing that. It's very difficult, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's just like, it's just like, no, it's, it's a total team effort. Like everyone, like you, everyone wants to see other people like do better. And so if you have like a whole force behind you, it only provides better outcomes. Right. And I think the strength in numbers or power numbers, whatever the right saying is, but like, if it's just one person approaching somebody that might have an addiction, like they're not going to believe you because people might try to turn it around on you like, oh, I think you're just seeing things or reading too much into it. So if you have more people behind you and supporting you and agreeing with you, I feel like it'd be easier to approach somebody and it might be more believable for that person. And it's just very important to make sure that it, like you're coming at it from a very non-judgmental perspective. Some of the signs and symptoms for addiction that like are that you can recognize uh, for mood and emotional behavior, you can notice like increased anger, agitation, and irritability. Um, this is definitely something that like in my friend as they as I saw them like getting more and more addicted, and they would get help here and there. Like they were getting more agitated, more angry, and they were more distant. Um, you can also notice some like sudden changes in mood or behavior. You notice like increased secrecy, isolation, or defensiveness. You also notice risky decision-making or behaviors, increased tolerance to drugs or alcohol. It's just something that you can definitely be aware of whenever you do go out with friends, whenever you do like a social gathering. If you see someone like drinking so many and like drinking way more than the rest of the group, you know, maybe it's like it would be time for you to reach out to them, make sure that they're, they're okay and everything in their life is going good because maybe they're using alcohol to cope with something. Also, they're experiencing withdrawal symptoms between uses. And also the inability to control one's drinking or drug use. And I think that's just something that you definitely see in our age groups and stuff like that. Like there's a lot of people who like get to the point where they're like blacking out or they're like you see them just kind of slipping. So it's just it's always important to just like reach out to them and make sure that they're doing okay and not using uh, drugs and alcohol as a coping mechanism. For sure. And if they are using it as a coping mechanism, maybe they didn't really quite look at it that way. So you might even help people recognize these behaviors that they are right so there might be some physical health or appearance signs that point towards addiction some is poor grooming or disheveled clothing Uh, maybe some unwanted weight loss or gain their skin might be pale and kind of cold to the touch they might also have the complete opposite of facial facial flushing Um, They might be bloated. They could be wearing dark glasses at inappropriate times to kind of help people not see any like dark circles under their eyes or something like that. Or maybe their eyes are bloodshot. So they might be wearing dark glasses. They could also have a tremor that they didn't previously have. And then drowsiness at inappropriate times of the day. 
Yeah, I definitely need dark glasses. That's probably one of the most common signs you'll see in people that you're not very close with. Like whenever people are like extremely hungover because of like excessive drinking, they'll be wearing like dark glasses the next day. Right. Or if someone is high and they're trying to hide it, they'll be wearing like sunglasses as well. So like those are some signs that you can look out for. For sure. Some psychological changes that could happen from excessive drug use or alcohol use or any substance use would be like confusion, unexplained memory loss. We talked about that earlier. Some people like they would experience like blackouts. Um, you can also experience paranoia, um, delusional thinking, and hallucinations. And some of those psychological changes that can happen from either excessive drug use or just from like the drug itself. Uh, so you can also notice, you might notice some occupational or educational changes such as performance at work, um, job terminations, like if people are getting fired from a lot of jobs, um, a decline in grades, um, maybe they're not as interested in their previously favorite school activities, or just people not showing up to work or school. So just a really bad track record in attendance. Yeah, so some of the other important things are just like you, it's sudden changes that you see in people whenever they experience substance abuse disorder. It's, it's like you'll see them changing their lives or their habits like violently different. With that, like we definitely just also want to uh, just bring awareness to this substance abuse and mental health service administration national uh, helpline. Again, it's 1 800 662 HELP help or 4357. We want to thank you guys for listening. Also, just a reminder, we are medical students, so we're not medical professionals. While we try to do our best and use proper verbiage, we apologize if anything was not correct. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much for listening, and we definitely appreciate you. And just always remember to uh, come with, uh, and approach all situations with a non-judgmental perspective. Right. All right. Well, stay safe, you guys. Thank you for listening to the Mind Mental Health Podcast. Be sure to check out the episode notes for some resources we recommend. If you're out there and you're feeling stuck or feeling alone, you are not alone in this. Seeking help for your mental health is an important way of taking control of your life. And remember, it's okay not to be okay. Before we go, show some love by sharing this podcast with a friend and rating it on whatever platform you may be using. We look forward to sharing new content with you every second and fourth Wednesday of the month. Thanks again for listening.